We would like to welcome you to this edition of the Apostles Corner podcast. And now, Apostle John F. Morton. Hello, everyone. I want to entitle the message I'm about to give you as consumed by your environment. And I want to, uh, in order to make this a little clearer to real life, I want to give you my own testimony of being consumed by my environment. And we're going to use Jonah. We, we all know the story of Jonah, but we never really consider the, the minor details to it. God came to Jonah and he told him, I need for you to go to the people of Nineveh because they have been standing against me. They have been wicked in every way. And I want you to go and deliver a word against them. Well, Jonah didn't like that idea. So Jonah ran. Jonah jumped on a boat and he headed out to sea. But while he was on the boat, the sea raised up. There was a catastrophic storm. The, the, the other sailors on the ship knew that this was something spiritual. They knew something had been set against them. And they even went to Jonah and asked him, How, what, what is with you? Why are you laying down here asleep through the storm? Well, Jonah eventually made it clear to them that this storm is here because of me. I fear the God of all creation. And that was exactly what he said. I fear the God that has created the land and the sea. And I'm running from him. And they asked Jonah, they said, what do we need to do to get the seed to stop coming against us? And Jonah said, throw me overboard. If you throw me in the water, the seed will, will cease to trouble you. Because it's not you that the sea is after. It's me. Consumed by your environment. Jonah, after being thrown overboard, was swallowed by a whale. You know, we have, uh, we've looked at the concept of being in the belly of a whale, and we see Jonah sitting in there, leaning on, his, uh, leaning on the wrist, elbow on his knee, and has a fire built in front of him. It's not what it's like. You are laying in stomach acid. You are literally being consumed. Jonah chose to run from the will of God to not keep a vow that he had made as a prophet. And his environment became destructive to him. There, when I went to Florida, when my wife and I went to Florida, the business was not taken off as fast as we expected it to. And I asked the Lord, what is it that you would desire from me? I have sought to serve you in the fullness of my endeavor. But what am I missing? What is it that I may be ignoring? There's so much in the word that we read and sometimes it doesn't add up, but we don't pay attention to the fact that it doesn't add up. We don't seek a deeper understanding because we feel like we've already got what we need. But I posted the question to the Lord and I'm not going to tell you the vow that he requested of me. I'm not going to tell you the answer he gave about what he wanted, because 
This is not about you seeking answers to what he gave me. It's about you seeking him for answers on things that you don't even know yet. But the Lord gave me a mandate and he told me, if you hold to this, I will bless you. Well, my wife and I came together and we stood in agreement and we told him, Lord, we don't understand this mandate that you put before us, but we hereby vow to hold to what you have said. And we did. And the business immediately exploded. We stayed booked for as much as two weeks ahead, six jobs a day. Well, we left Florida and went to Vegas. And while we were in Vegas, I took up some personal endeavors of success, some things that I needed to do for the mobility of the household. And in the midst of those things, I I kind of fell back on the vow that I made to God. I think it was probably a year later. I was, I had some severe breathing problems and it seemed like just congestion. I remember we stopped at a uh, CVS and I walked to the door and I looked at the pharmacy in the back and I knew I wouldn't make it. I went back to the van and asked my wife to go get me some Mucinex. She got it for me. Now, for about a week, she had been saying to me, do you need to go to the doctor? Do you need to go to the doctor? No, I'm fine. Lord hasn't told me to go to the doctor. So 10 o'clock that night, the Lord spoke and he said, go to the hospital now. And it was loud enough in my spirit that it shook me. I jumped up and I was putting my shoes on and grabbing my coat. I said, come on, we got to go to the hospital. And my wife's looking at me like, oh, no, you're not going to rush me now. I've been asking you this for a week. But we went to the hospital. They checked my blood pressure and it was 160 some over 120 some. My heart rate was 130. They did a CT scan and they said, you have massive pulmonary embolisms over both lungs and you need a procedure. I said, okay, well, what do we need to do? He said, well, we don't do them here at night. We can give you blood thinners and try to make you comfortable till morning. But, and he looked over at the other, uh, at the intern, and then he looked over at my wife, and I looked at my wife, and I looked at him. And my wife looked at me and said, uh-uh, you're gonna be fine. My God would not have let that take me by surprise. But I knew what the doctor was saying. You may not be alive in the morning. Now, this is a hospital that has never done procedures at night. But a nurse comes running in and she says, administration just called back. And this is 12 o'clock at night now. Administration is called back and they have approved sending in a team of four. So you can prep him for surgery, for the procedure. Procedure that they thought would only be about an hour, but it was over three hours because of the intensity. My only concern was my wife. Because the way I see it, whatever comes upon me, it has to be by the hand of God. And I was concerned about her. 
But let me tell you something. Just like Jonah knew why the sea was there, I knew why this affliction was on my body. And I said, Lord, please forgive me. I have not kept the covenant that I had for, with you. And he said, this is not unto death and neither is it of my hand. I have not commissioned this affliction for you, but you in exiting the place of my security and you exiting that covenant, you're being consumed by your own environment. See, when we're in the hand of God, nothing can come to us except that it go through him. But when we it's when God gives you something, when you make a covenant with God, you're either one of two things. You're either a son seeking to be obedient to his father or you are a thief and a robber that is standing before him lying for the purpose of getting his favor to have what you want. The first thing that you have to do is make an assessment of who you really are. Jonah knew he was a prophet of God, but he didn't want to do what God told him to do because I don't know if he feared the people or what, but he just didn't want to do it. The covenant that I had made with God that I did not keep, it didn't fit into the things that I needed to accomplish. So I had to move it over a little bit. So I wasn't a liar or a thief seeking my own gain, but I was a witch. I was walking in witchcraft because when we have a heart to do what is right by God, we come to him by the spirit. And the only way that you are going to reject the directive of God when your heart's endeavor is to fulfill his will is if you go in and shut your spirit off to his directive. And going into the spirit by anything other than the will of God is, in fact, witchcraft. The Lord said, I have not commissioned this for you. This has come because you're standing in a place that you're void of my covering. You are not protected. But return to the covenant that you made with me. He said, there's much that I must reveal to you this night. And I could not let you cross over because if I let you cross over, you'll refuse to go back. And I believe it. He said, but while you are under, there are things that I will establish in you and you'll understand. I went to a new season in my commitment to the Lord that night, a season with more responsibility, with more requirement, with more belief, not just faith, but belief. See, when you got an old car and every morning you go out there to start, you're I declare in the name of Jesus, this car is going to start this thing. It's going to give me trouble this morning. The car starts. You know, oh, thank God. See, that's faith. You held on to some small inkling of trust that you could have what you want. But when you buy a new car, it doesn't take faith for you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that car is going to start when you go out there and turn the key. You have a wholehearted belief in the reality of the fact that it absolutely must. And I believe that night the Lord took me from a realm of faith into wholehearted belief. And in wholehearted belief, you no longer have faith that you're able to do what God tells you to do. But you believe that you have no choice. Yes, man does have free will, but I don't want free will. I want to be free to be subject to everything that God would have me to do.
The question I would ask you today, when Jonah found himself in the belly of the whale, he prayed to God. And he told him about how the, he ran, the sea overtook him, and he talked to him about all of the afflictions that had come after him. But in the end, Jonah said, but Lord, today I just want to declare thanksgiving unto you. Even in his affliction, an affliction that came because of rebellion, he said, Lord, I just want to thank you. <laughs> and the whale spewed him out on the very coast of Nineveh, where he needed to be, to give God's people what they needed. My question is this, do you realize how much somebody around you needs the obedience of God in your life? It's not for you. It is to glorify God, but the obedience to the will and the directive of God that you have in your life, you expose them to a spirit that gives them the it gives revelation to them that this is possible. When God looked at man, he saw that there was no way in the world that they could do what was right. No matter how they understood, they could not see it. So he sent Christ, the manifestation of his will and his spirit. He was the evidence that if the spirit of God lived in you, that you could do what was right with him. And when Christ died, he opened the gate for the spirit of God to live us in us all. But it lives in us the same way it did with Christ, not for the purpose of giving you gratification, but to glorify the Lord in its ability to lead other men to him, to him, not you. So many out there are building empires unto their own achievements. But what are you building? for the purpose of it serving God and every name and title of men coming to nothing. Even as Jonah, today we hear God speaking about what we need to do that has nothing to do with our own personal desires or hopes, but things that have to do with the hope that the people need. The hope that comes from them seeing the hope of glory that lives in you a manifestation of a spirit that they have yet to see in the basic members of Christianity. Are you willing today to convert as Jonah did, as I did? Are you willing to represent the understanding of the fact that too often you're running around speaking of the word of God, declaring the word of God, quoting scriptures, but every time you do it, you're only doing it to compete with someone or to gain attention. We got to get past this, folks. We have to get to a place where we are listening for God to be obedient, that we might be a light. Because see, if I'm walking out and I'm acting it, all they see is me posting scriptures on Facebook. But in my real life encounter, they don't see God. They know about that underlying attitude and mentality that is disobedient, unable to sacrifice unto the Lord on behalf of another. Oh, we'll give in the church. We'll give in the church because we're getting recognition from leadership. But when it comes to someone else that's in need, the Lord will make a way, brother. Not willing to add, and the scriptures say that we would be without natural affections. 
And that's not talking about simply men being with men, but it's talking about not having the natural affection of caring for another who is in Christ. Jonah didn't care, but once God let him know, if you're not in my will, you are in a place where your environment can consume you. Depression, fear, anxiety, financial lack, the lust of the flesh, all of these things are the elements of your environment that will consume you if you are not covered by the glory of God and his glory rests over his will. Come on, saints. It's time that we stand up. Get rid of that, that spirit that we bared as Jonah. Get rid of the excuses that allow us to reject what we know we made a promise to God in the scriptures say, it is better that you never make a vow than to make a vow and not keep it. I've done it. I made that, that overwhelming vow and then I didn't keep it. And it took me to the door of death. My health was in my own hands because I was the one exposing myself to the 10 degree below zero cold winds, but it was the Lord preserving my life. This day, search your heart, search your life. What is it that God would desire of you? See, because all, all we're doing is running around looking for what we desire from him. But what is it that he wants from you? What is it that he needs for you to accept that if you don't do it, it's not going to happen. We look at certain things and we say, well, this person will get it done or that person will get it done. Well, if Jesus wasn't the one, who was it going to be? Are you simply called? Or are you willing to be chosen? Because the chosen are, in fact, the sons of God. The scriptures say, what love and mercy is it? Is this that the Father, the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God, not Christians, but the scriptures say that the Father has bestowed upon a love upon us that we should be called the sons of God. If we are in fact sons, even as Jesus was, then we should reflect the will of the Father, not rebellion against it. This is Apostle John Morton. I pray that this message will meet you in a place of need and manifest a place of growth. Be blessed. We would like to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Apostles Corner podcast. We would also like to invite you to visit us on the web at www.theapostlescorner.com. Here you'll be able to listen to additional podcasts read messages on our blog, and review the services provided by our ministry. And don't forget to register to receive notifications of the new posts on the blog and podcast. May every action of your day be filled with the evidence of His grace and mercy in your life.